The red light is on. Red light's on? Is the red, red light light's on? on. Oh, red light is on. How we doing, folks? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Campfire, a podcast. Episode with Keith, four. Nick and Joe. Episode four. Yeah. Holy shit, we've done four of these before. Man, oh man. That deserves a shot. Exactly. Don't mind if I do. Oh. It's a good thing Joe's drinking. That means it'll be a good show. Yeah, just means I'm alive. <laughs> Let me guess, that's uh, some of that uh, tucking reds out of Yellow Springs, Ohio. <laughs> uh, you know, speaking of which, he was at the house earlier today. And he had seen a Facebook post that the wife made about the podcast. And he's like, what the fuck, man? You got a podcast? How come I... Where's it at? Why can't I list it? Where's it at? So I guess I got to do a better job of promoting from my end. Yeah. Since we're pretty much yeah. giving them an ad spot every time. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're going to need some kickbacks here, like, you know, free booze. That's all. Well, nice. th- I mean, I guess the booze ain't free, but it's damn good. <laughs> And the next time that I come up there, I need to pick some up from you guys. Yeah, dude, he's oh, got a whole selection. He's got he's got sweet tater vodka. He's got agave spirits because you, he's not allowed to call it the T word because it's not right. made in Mexico. Just like this is like not the B word. It, it's okay. Listen, when it comes to alcohol, there are two trains of thought. What you're saying is it's about the water. Yeah, sure definitely it's about the water that's what makes it a bourbon or a a sour mash so on so forth but in terms of licensing and the law it's about where it's made not the water that's why we're not allowed to call what i'm drinking here the b word right but it is but it is still whiskey yeah it's whiskey oh shit but uh yeah so I, I told him that um, before long on our show here, we're going to have some guests on. And I think he and maybe even his partners could join us. I'm down. Along with a couple of the other guys on different episodes yeah. that we've already discussed amongst each other. One thing right. that I was kind of thinking is that we get into, you know, live video uh, when we have some guests on and actually have a campfire going yeah especially for oh, tucking dude, red and stuff be awesome could be, oh yeah that would, would be, be awesome sitting on a fire pit yep we need to get some uh outdoor podcasts going because even tonight it is still really warm out it's gorgeous gorgeous night it's a little bit windy, but you get that in March when it's sixty degrees. Right. Uh-huh. So, would we call this March in like a lion? You know, I was trying to think about that the other day. Did March come in like a lion or in like a lamb? Now I know shortly after the first of March we had a little bit of a spell. Yeah, but uh, I guess I would call it. You know. If it's a lion, it's a pussy ass lion. But if it's a lamb, that's a mean ass fucking lamb. Somewhere in there. I, I don't follow you. 
I mean, that's special, but yeah. <laughs> it's like a vegan lion and yeah. a rabid lamb. Yes, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Because there's so uh -huh. many fucking vegan lions in the world, right? Right. Yeah. Well, you know, they die eventually. And here's April. Well, that's a whole nother topic. Let's uh, let's see what's on our list. Do we got anything good to talk about tonight? Well, this first item here, Star Trek. Um, you know, we could talk about me being a fucking Romulan, but you know, the whole context with Nick being a Janai, um, we might want to avoid that one for some of our more sensitive viewers. <laughs> Nick, do you remember the Janai? You just read everything that's on the notes, don't you? Well, I mean, we're, we're talking here. Um, yeah, we're so talking. we're talking. But if we're going to talk about Star Trek, let's uh, fucking talk Star Trek. We're going to talk a little bit about John Luke Picard mm. and uh, the recent series of Picard, which really gets in in depth into. Um, Picard's life and, and his psyche. Uh, yes, I don't know, Keith, if you've seen much of it, but as we get into season two, we learn about a very young Picard, and uh, it's really changing the way I looked at Picard, the man, you know. Um, you never heard oh, about you're, you're talking about next generation, not Picard. I'm talking about, you know, Picard was always closed off in uh, the next generation because he was the captain. You know, he never let anybody get in close to him. That's how a commander is. You know, he was a quintessential mm. commander. Um, I give him credit for that. But now that we are into Picard, we are getting an in-depth look at John Luke Picard and it's 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 really fascinating I think it is um, it's it's fascinating how such a stoic man uh-huh in his late years can can be affected by all of those personal sacrifices he made and how they come back to haunt him mm -hmm. how he ignored the things within him to be a good captain and admiral right or you know maybe general depending on what timeline you're in but okay the beauty of picard he wasn't really trying to be a good captain or a good admiral he was just being a starfleet officer huh. to the t to exactly. the t so i actually exactly. caught up all the way to uh season two I have not watched episode one of season two yet on Picard. Okay. okay. So oh, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> like well, bombshell at the anything. bombshell at the end of season one. Like what? Okay. Yeah. Just I'm not gonna lie. when I saw that at first, I was like, man, it's kind of hokey. It's kind of hokey. Really? I thought okay. the transition yeah. into uh, the other body. Yeah. I'm like, come oh, on, dude. I was you like, better than that. You I was like, better writing than that. What I it's thought okay. was hokey was was data That's some Star dying. Trek shit. That's some Star Trek stuff, but 
it's okay. We're going to go with it. I mean, um, I did. I'm glad I did. I'm glad they did it because, I mean, fuck it. Picard's gone. Then we're serious. Okay, okay bye. Right. <laughs> and now we can go find Data and they can be androids together. But uh, um, another thing that I thought was really interesting, since Keith is caught up, we can talk about this. Uh, a scene in Picard from season one that absolutely sent chills down my spine. And it was when Seven of Nine activated that Borg cube and her eyes went black and you heard her do the Borg voice. I mean, every hair on my body stood on end. I was absolutely freaked out. Now, there's not a lot in the world that scares me, but the Borg absolutely frightened me. Yeah. That scene yeah. was scary. I thought this it's it's all over. There's no way seven of nine is going to disconnect. Yeah, dude. Look, no I'm way. scared of communists myself. Well, when that <laughs> I forget the one dude that was with her, but he was like, Are you gonna assimilate me now? And she then like was getting ready to disconnect yeah. and stuff. But I was like, Oh snap, we're fucked. We're He's so a Romulan. Fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I love the role of the Romulan. I mean, Nick, you can call me a fucking Romulan if you want, but the way Romulans have been written into this series is it's it's just great. I mean These are these are not typical Romulans because no. these are Romulans with honor. honor. These are Romulans who are true warriors. Yes. These are Romulans that a Klingon could respect. And that is safe. I know. I mean Worf would fucking Slit your throat with a bat lift right now. Well, if you heard you say that, what do you mean respect a Romulan? They have no honor. Worf <laughs> is going to come into this. I fucking hope so, man. I hope so. Oh, I hope him and LaForge. I hope LaForge comes back. Yeah, I'm really wanting uh, old uh, goddamn old Cole Meany to come in there. Jesus. Chief O'Brien, the permanent God. chief, mm-hmm. who's probably the highest listed, and I think he is, he is the highest ranked enlisted member in all of Starfleet. Yeah. I think we already discussed this. He's seen more combat than, than just about anybody yes. in Starfleet. Yes. yes, he is the most decorated combat veteran in all of Starfleet. A point that Garrick reminds him of regularly. Keith, you'll learn this as you get more into DS9. Yeah. Oh, they pile on the Miles O'Brien in DS9, and it's great. It's great. I'm excited. I'll tell you another cool thing about DS9, and Star Trek is famous for these... uh, these type of on-screen romances because, you know, back in the 70s, uh, Kirk and O'Hara kissed on screen, and it was the first time a white man had ever kissed a black woman on television. Mm-hmm. So, uh, And then there was, there was Jetsia. And Dr. And Lenara Khan. I think that was her name, that. yep. That was the first woman-on-woman kiss. 
That was the first on, on network TV. The first homosexual kiss on TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Prime I mean, they time. paved the way. They did. They did. Star Trek has always done that. That's why we got our cell phones and shit with the touch screens. Because people yeah. wanted to Fuck do yeah, it exactly, it exactly like that. Yeah. It's amazing the <laughs> future they were able to predict. Yeah. Well, did we've they all got it? communicators. We've got our tablets. I'm stoked. Yeah, I can't wait to us have the hollow freaking screens and stuff like they had on Picard oh, and stuff. I was so stoked for that. Oh, we need holodecks. We definitely need holodecks in the world. And how does that work? So it's photons projected on what now well if you understand how that how their food replicators work it's quite simple it's all based on the same technology it's a bunch of proteins yeah it's replicated synthetic proteins photons given structure photons on structure Yes. Yes. Yeah, I can't wait. What I don't understand is how they don't walk into a wall. I haven't figured that out. I think the floor moves, but whatever. It's yeah, okay. I, that's it. yeah. I think that's how. I mean, well, when uh, um, Riker first meets Data to take him on an away mission, they're in that hollow suite, and Riker had never seen such a hollow suite before. And Data throws the rock and shows him the wall. And he's like, holy shit. I had yeah. no idea that was there. Whoa. Yeah. But at the same time, he had to climb down to find Data. Like, they were in a creek. Yeah. So it wasn't just a flat floor. <coughs> yeah, and Data jumped down like 20 feet. And Ricard, or uh, Riker was like, whoa. You all right? Well, at this point, we're trying to figure out uh, fictional technology. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, we're only doing that because, I mean, we have our communicators now. We have all that shit. A lot of that shit. But, uh, you know, we're on the way. I saw Michael Jackson and Tupac. And them motherfuckers been dead a long time. <laughs> right, and that shit was well, cool we, as hell. Everybody loved that. What I would really like to see is uh, some time travel and get this turned into a tourist type thing. You know, where you could go on a cruise to the Caribbean, or Caribbean, you could go <laughs> to Vegas, or you could go back to Woodstock back in 1969, or you could go be one of those people picnicking on top of the hill at the Battle of Shiloh. I'll tell you what I want. I want to go to fucking Risa. (laughs) Yes, dude. Yeah, dude. I would live there for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck getting me off that fucking planet. (laughs) Risa would be fun, but Konos would be better. (laughs) 
Oh, Jesus. Kronos. Card well. hunting. Kronos. Isn't that the Klingon? Klingon homeworld. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Nick likes to get the shit beat out of him when he's, you know. He just likes those angry women. Yeah. This is why you're a robber. All you do is talk, talk, talk. No fucking uh, shit. Shit. So I'm dying yeah. to know, guys. What is, what's the deal with this new fucking cartoon that everybody's fucking bitching about? I don't know, but I can tell you that my freaking uh, Roku TV ended up putting it on like the theme and shit, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I saw shit? that too, man. I saw that too, and okay. Let me see if my I can't give you one of my daughters is like, ooh, I want to see that, but I think it's probably stupid. Okay. So, recent Disney movie called Red Panda. Uh, actually, it sounds like a pretty good movie. I'll be honest. <laughs> I haven't seen it. And my entire commentary here has nothing to do with the movie Red Panda itself. I have no issues with the movie. From people that I know and I trust their opinions, it's a great movie. My sister Amanda, she said it was pretty good. So, um, what I gathered, the premise of the story is there's this is a young girl who is coming into sexual maturity. Uh, she's starting her menstrual cycle, and she also has this mythical magical power where she turns into a giant red panda which she it happens at the age of maturity so now that she has hit puberty and she's having her period she's turning into this giant red panda okay (laughs) so she's trying to learn how to control the red panda and the magical powers And her parents are trying to help her through that. But at the same time, her friends want her to go to a concert. So she goes behind her friend's back. And uh, or she goes behind her parents' back. They raise money for concert tickets. They run off and they go to the concert. Okay. And at the end of the movie, she decides that... uh, She doesn't want to go and be trained with what they want to do with the giant red panda. And she's going to go at it on her own and she's going to use her friends for support. So that's a, you know, quick rundown of the movie. The complaints that I'm seeing on this movie, uh, are bring them on. Cause I've already got a complaint. This is, this is teaching our kids horrible shit. That's the complaint. It's teaching our kids horrible things. It's teaching, you know, um, all the, the transgenderism and the LGBTQ thing is all bad. Those are things that I've heard. I've heard it's it's teaching disobedience of our parents. Well, uh, I, the, uh, disrespect. What I can authority. gather so far is hedonism. That's fucking hedonism, mm-hmm. and it's not good. Oh, uh, okay. 
and, and, and okay, that's fine. That's fine. Where I'm going with this, again, I don't care about the movie. I'm not issuing any opinion on the movie. I haven't seen it. I've just listed all the complaints that I have seen on social media and the comebacks on it from the other side where people are being called, you know, homophobic and bigoted and uh, ignorant, small minded, all these things because they saw something in the show they didn't like. Joe, you just said that you didn't like what you saw as hedonism in the movie. Yeah. Okay. And, and hedonism has nothing to do with sexual orientation or anything. Hedonism but is not good for society. What I'm trying to say here is nobody is even arguing. Okay. They're just shouting their thoughts over top of one another. It's not a back and forth debate. Somebody says, well, I don't like it because I think it's hedonistic and Somebody else comes in and says, well, you don't, uh, you know, you must have something against girls getting a period or, or you have issues talking about girls' periods or you're against transgenders. <laughs> the debate is fucking gone. There is no fucking debate here. Not one debate anywhere. And I see all these articles about, well, this side says that this is bad because it, uh, it teaches kids to be gay. No, nobody's fucking bitching about that. Nobody even said that. Why did you feel the need to defend that? Yeah, well, I mean, welcome I mean, to modern all, discourse. And my whole point here is, yes, that's modern discourse. This is what social media has devolved us into. It's not debate anymore. No. We're not even listening to each other and, and the complaints that the other has. We're just assuming them and reacting. Exactly. It's, it's not, not even. It's not discourse. It's not even keep... really. It's not even really reacting. I think it. We're beyond that point where it's automatic, proactive, attacking the other yeah. side because you didn't believe yeah. the way that I believed. Yeah. Then you have yeah. to be the worst thing possible that I can come up with, which is now the default is either you're a phobic of whatever, or you're going to come back as a Nazi. Yep. <laughs> well, yep. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's like it's, it's, you're it's right though it's proactive because these people are assuming that the person they're talking to disagrees and we didn't even get that far the, the conversation didn't even go as far as to determine here's what i believe here's what i take from the movie and okay now i see what you take from the movie didn't even get that far. How can you argue over something you don't even fucking know? Right. And another point that I want to throw in here is so often there might be one, one part of this movie that I disagree with and I don't like. But somebody's going to take that as I'm against the entire thing. And then they're going to start attaching context to that. And telling why I hated that movie. They start shoving words in your mouth. It's, you know, yeah. I haven't seen the movie. I don't have an opinion, but if we want to talk about some other movies that, you know, I have seen, we could do that. 
but just going off of okay. like okay go ahead i was just gonna say um you know just going off of you're only talking about what other people have reviewed and said and extrapolating right. off of that right so right disclaimer <laughs> disclaimer i don't have an opinion on the movie. yeah sorry joe where were you well, going well i don't know i really can't remember but you know we can we can apply this to someone that all three of us know and love mm-hmm. dave Chappelle. Okay. look at how many people have tried to destroy him by putting words in his mouth over the past just six months. I mean, he's withstood so many attacks, and that dude, I give him all the credit he fucking deserves and then some because he says what he says and is not apologetic for it at all. Right, and then everything that he's coming off with, it's comedy, and comedy is supposed to go over those bounds and push you exactly to make fun and light of the situation instead of being all puckered butthurt over the whole bullshit Mm -hmm. that is going on i mean that's like you're in the audience and you're being heckled by the you're not really heckled you're being ran on by the the comedian that's part of the whole show of being at a comedy thing for the most part that's like the whole 80s and 90s for sure of comedy was all built around that yeah and and not even that little time frame there like that's literally what comedy is and it's it's a comedy is a tool for humanity to be able to deal with their differences and their problems without comedy it would just be puritanism anybody remember the puritans everybody fucking hated them well, that's what we've got going on now with, oh, I hate to say the words cancel culture, but cancel culture, culture is puritanism. And it's done nothing but divide us. Yep. Whereas comedy used as a tool to talk about and make fun of our differences brought us all together and yeah. helped us work out our differences. Richard Pryor, that dude, did more with his comedy to alleviate racial tensions than anybody of you can name. Name one person that did more. You can't tell. Eddie Murphy. Maybe. Maybe. And then Richard Pryor. But but again, comedy relieved the racial tensions. We can make fun of each other. We should be able to make fun of each other. We should be. We should be able to make fun of these stupid idiosyncrasies that humans have. Uh, yeah, our, they're immutable characteristics. Flaws, you know, and they're not even flaws. I mean, they're just immutable characteristics that that that's us. And yeah, they're idiosyncrasies. We. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody wants to call them stereotypes, and eh. fuck, I don't care. I don't fucking care. I wanted to uh, kind of bring up another. No, uh, it's another hot topic right now, kind of along these lines. 
uh, where Sam Elliott recently made some comments about the new Western movie uh, that came out. Um, and, you know, I'll be damned. I can't remember who's in it. Anyways, um, it's set in Montana, but they didn't film it in Montana. They filmed it in a foreign country, I believe down in New Zealand. Yeah, it was in New Zealand. It helps it was us in talk New Zealand. off mute, right? And uh, so Sam Elliott was in an interview and it was, um, they were talking about Western movies. And of course, Sam Elliott is, uh, he'd been in quite a few Western movies. I'd call him an absolute expert in the American West. Um, and he has always been a longtime supporter of uh, that heritage. Uh, which is a very, you know, rich and deep heritage to the American West. Um, but when they asked him if he liked the movie, he said, no, fuck no. Are you kidding me? They filmed that thing. Where the hell did they film it? They tried to say they were in Montana, but they were nowhere near Montana. And that was his first gripe with it. His second gripe with it was, if you're going to brand yourself as a Western, as an American Western, then you need to show things, you know, kind of historically accurate there about the way of life and how things were done. And they didn't do that in that movie. Uh, as a matter of fact, the things that were in that movie probably never even happened. Okay. Now, again, disclaimer, there we is have not seen the in it. There is homosexuality in it. And you know what? I bet you that probably did happen back in the day, but nobody talked about it. But Sam Elliott never really had a problem with the homosexuality of it. He had a problem with the way this director tried to exploit the Old West and did it horribly. That's well, what he's fucking historic, historically inaccurate to do something like that. Right. Well, how is that even believable? The director of this movie, and I'm not sure who she is, uh, a very nice lady, a is, very by the talented, way, is this, very talented is this director. The power of the dog. Is that what you're talking about? It is believe, the power yes, of the dog. Yes, yeah. Power of the dog. Who's the director, Joe? Jane Campton. Jane Canton. Well, she issued a response. And once again, it was the same old tactic where they were arguing apples and oranges. And she said Sam Elliott was being homophobic and he doesn't like gay people. And that isn't it. That's not what Sam Elliott said at all. And if you would listen to what the man said and get some context behind it. <clears throat> you would understand he had no problems with the homosexual side of it. It was a portrayal of the American West and mainly not going and filming in Montana and taking that money to the state of Montana. When they actually have a whole system there in the state of Montana to come and film there. Well, he did have an issue about the homosexuality, saying that it was just running around with chaps and no shirts. He's like, what the fuck? Well, he's That's right. Cowboys didn't do that. But yeah. uh, yes, yes, he said 
they were trying to sell the sexuality of the movie, I yeah. guess. Yes, they were selling sex with that movie, definitely. But uh, you know what? I've seen many Western movies. And uh, the really bad ones always glorified the sexual side. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Well, and, and it's, it's fucked up to say because. But truly in the, in old, the West, old West, ladies were ladies. And the whores well, yeah, were ladies. Were ladies. Yeah. Yeah. And they still wore long dresses. They might have had the girls yes, propped up, but they were still wearing long dresses. And they also stayed in the saloon. That's the way society was. No, I'm sure. So, so essentially, were. people were putting words in into his mouth. Yes, and changing. The so again, this podcast is essentially about the state of the lack of discourse <laughs> in our society. <laughs> Because we just talked about Red Panda and the same fucking thing with this. I mean, where the fuck are we? Where are we going? (coughs) But I would definitely say, like, going back on what you said earlier, Nick, like, with social media and stuff and causing a lot of the issue with our debates and everything else, I think that at the end of the day, that it's not really that. I think that it's our part of our society structure in itself as it's evolving. Um well, it's actually degrading in the fact of not being able to have that discourse, not being able to have that debate at all. We just go directly again to that freaking proactive because you're not even allowing anything else to happen. You are a, like a lot of those social justice warriors fucking have their shit ready to go to be like, oh, well, what the hell ever. And like. And all the reports that I've read, because I actually did see a bunch of these um, from like the New York Post and everything else um, and a bunch of others where, you know, he he did say, you know, about that stuff where he's like, I don't like it that they're sitting there running around with their shirts off and just in chaps and all that. And I especially don't like it that they say that it's Montana, but it's in freaking New Zealand. Like, put the money where it's at. So, I mean, it, it's ridiculous that they're adding extra stuff into it, just like we were talking about the other day about that, you know, don't say gay bill, when it's right. not actually a don't say gay bill. Nothing remotely about that. But yet, we're sitting there going on and yeah, adding extra shit into it. Well, a debate is no longer a debate. Um, right. It's just not, it, it has gotten increasingly harder to debate with people. Um, and you have to be very, very careful with your wording. Right. Well, luckily, we don't have to be careful here. Just a little bit. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying something that we haven't all seen. Well. You know. But that's how I feel. If we're not careful here, if we're not careful here, 
10 years down the road, if and when we get big, <laughs> and we have, and we have, you know, 11 million people listening to each episode we put out, we are at great risk for somebody to go back through all of our episodes or look at our social media posts and yeah, make a compilation of us supposedly saying some racist or homophobic thing. But and, and make like a 10 minute video of it and, and that's fine because and I then can, our carrier will be like oh said. bow down to the mob but hey will you stay with us because you know you're making us a lot of money yeah, yeah. I, I hope that we're on that same road like how Joe Rogan and even Dave Chappelle like you're saying right. earlier is that you know they are having the backing from the others and stuff the company to be like oh you know yeah he might have said something like that or whatever but you got to take the context instead of trying to soundbite it or what they did to rogan with saying the n-word uh like 57 times or whatever and that one clip where it's like dude that was over the span of over like 15 years and if you look at any of the context for any time that he said something like that he was talking as someone else was saying it he was like using yeah. it in a reporting sense it was a in that matter he was yeah. quoting rap lyrics or something yeah and it's like fuck the, the double standard Wait. is real and it's yeah dumb. because it's it's okay for eminem to do it but not joe rogan right right did eminem do it Oh, he's done it before in his songs. Has he? I'm almost yeah. positive. I'm not gonna lie, I like him and him. I'm not even a rap fan, but I just like what he's done. He's talented as fuck. He tells fucked up but good stories and and I don't give a shit what he says. The the, the stuff he says I mean, I guess I'm kinda being a hypocrite here or I I'm holding the double standard because I said I don't know, I don't like he, Red Panda because the story you told me is about hedonism but then again eminem's not geared towards our children i mean shouldn't be anyways even though that's what the corporate music machine tries to do but uh you know he's he's an artist telling stories just like a comedian is an artist telling stories and i would say that you know i don't know exactly and i'll, I'll take this back and give a disclaimer that i don't know all of his lyrics and everything else saying that he does say that but he does have at least one song that um uses the word pretty close but with the ending of an a on the end and you know i think that that's yeah that's you know you'll get sent to the freaking pyre um you know yeah. saying that now and especially because we are we are caucasian that you know they don't also say oh well we're you know the white privilege in that sense and it's like it's so fictitious and made up in that, I know. that aspect. Like, I know. And it's, I don't know. I think that that's the biggest thing that I've had recently is just, I feel like we're getting hit over the head for nothing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think a lot of it kind of does. It, it can be attributed to the, uh, the, the Hollywood and, music machine the corporate music machine and nick uh, he's 
going to take a piss or something, but he posted a really good video on Facebook about a month ago. And it's this white dude, nerdy looking white dude speaking at, I don't know, was it a Ted talk or something? Something like but that. He was going on and on and on about racial relations in the United States and how the white man is portrayed as, um, you know, the, the oppressor and, and, and how the white man is portrayed as the oppressor, how white, white people, um, hold all the power and, uh, keep black folks down by not giving them opportunities with, and, and then, but he came up with a really good argument that negated that idea of how white folks kind of kind of do oppress black folks but he his his what what he negated that with was perfect it made absolute perfect sense it was geared towards how these big rich companies that produce media movies news um music how they put so much value in the hypersexualization and hypercriminalization of the African American. Mm -hmm. And it clicked with me. I'm like, that's fucking it. He's right. Black folks are oppressed in the United States in Western society, but not the way that the media tells us and, and social justice warriors and our, and you know, the powers that be in the government that want to get elected again tell us black folks are oppressed. They're not oppressed because of the vote. They're not oppressed because of jobs. They're not oppressed because of opportunities. They're oppressed because of their portrayal and, and the, the entertainment and information we consume. Think about it. This guy was perfect in how he said this. Think about it. All the rap songs are about committing murders, having sex with lots of women, um, selling drugs. Selling women. I, selling women. I mean, oh, a whole host of horrible things that a person can do to another person. And that's what sells. Mm -hmm. And it's fucking sick. And I honestly feel bad for folks black, white, or any other color that subscribe to that and take that and want to make that part of their life. That's how they want to okay. live their life. But is that and any different than, say, the violence that we see in a video game like Grand Theft Auto where you can pick up a hooker and bang her in the backseat and then you can kill her and rob her and take all of her money and go rob a car and run from the police and shoot down helicopters i mean is that no it's it's not that much different. different right no it's not that much different it so, really isn't so to continue my devil's advocacy when do we start stomping on freedom of speech how much right of this here. is right here freedom of speech? right fucking here yeah i think you know it definitely is all of it's based on freedom of speech 
that is all freedom of speech and i don't think you can do one thing to ban it oh oh i misunderstood you no i mean you you, you don't no. want to ban that but um it's it's a culture war it's not a it's not a it's not a political war now granted politics is downstream of culture so okay this is why i like ben shapiro and his crew so much because they realize that this is a culture war uh, you, you, fuck you watch some but of the right watch some of their movies watch some of their movies politics is upstream of or downstream of culture and that's where the left has really excelled in the past 30 years they realized this a long time ago and they grabbed a hold of politics because they knew if they could change the culture then they could change the politics and policies and win elections period and right. and so that and back to the daily wire that's why i like these guys so much because they're looking back 30 years going where the fuck where the fuck were independents and conservatives where, where the fuck were these classical liberals this was happening and 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 all of this shit was being stolen from us nice. and and changed and and portrayed <laughs> as again a bunch of hedonism and self-serving bullshit and instant um, gratification instant gratification exactly yeah, all of those values that we, as a Western society, I don't know if I go with Western society again, but all that we used to hold dear and that worked, it's being ripped away. But the Daily Wire isn't just a news organization anymore. These guys are making movies. And you watch their movies. The first movie you watch, and I watched Jeremy Boring talk about this after yeah. Keith and I watched... Um, the Hyperions the other night. Did you, Keith? Did you watch Jeremy and and the producer talk about this stuff? Yeah, I listened to a little bit of it, but not the whole so. Thing. So Jeremy Boring was like, "We don't want to make want to want to watch movies. We want to make movies that you want to watch. So these movies and and they're making YouTube videos and they're they're doing." podcasts and radio cast they're doing they're expanding they're doing they're publishing people they're publishing books they're doing everything that the left started doing 30 years ago to grab back a hold of the fucking culture and they're not sitting there spouting off christian values and they're not saying um it's it's not just um it's not a message movie these these this stuff isn't message content it's not it's It's not it's it is propaganda. not propaganda. No, it's fucking not. It watch right one and tell propaganda. me. Watch Hyperions and tell me where the propaganda is. Hyperions was a fucking Disney movie. Wasn't it, Keith? Yeah. It was a, it, me and Keith were texting back and forth like, holy shit, this is like Ugh. Sword in the Stone mixed with fucking The Avengers. Yeah. It, it was crazy. It was a little bit prettier, though. Dude, I got yeah, but got, it, these aren't message movies, dude. Shapiro. I do. That, that's I'm fine, but he's not the only one on the Daily Wire. Why not? I, I understand. I understand. But the Daily Wire is uh, it's biased. It's yeah, it, and they'll come out and say tainted by that bias. Um, it's not and, tainted because it's a recognized bias. 
they come out and say when you any anytime you watch any of their podcasts their their artwork is different their movies are different their their uh entertainment the entertainment sector of their company is different but if you watch their newscasts or any of their commentaries they'll come out and say yeah we're conservative and we 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 enjoy judeo-christian values so we are what you get you don't get that with cnn and and msnbc and all this other bullshit but in in also again that it's also listed as an opinion piece it's not listed as these are completely how things are you know what I'm well saying? for sure where for like, sure. they do a good others... job of differentiating between <laughs> okay now we're speaking facts and now we're speaking opinion and that's the big thing where you start running into like cnn and all the mothers where they're running opinions but then they're not telling you that difference and then yeah. it's just yeah. people start believing their opinions instead of it well they like to being... news outlets like that like to say oh no we said it's an opinion piece see look down here at the bottom of the website you have to scroll all the, the way down third. to the bottom of the website down there where it tells you like the copyright stuff that's in like tiny fine little print this is an opinion piece blah 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 no daily wild will put that shit right up at the fucking top where their headline is opinion piece written by ryan Savedra. i'll tell you the news that i've been following i gotta look this up here real quick so give me a second i think it's why why you're looking that up though i don't think that that is tainting it you know coming from a perspective of and declaring their perspective that they're coming from when giving opinions I don't think that that's necessarily tainting it. Now, I would say no. that that's tainting it if you're hitting <clears throat> on news and you're not describing it as opinion of said news. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big, big disclaimer that I would have to say that I definitely do appreciate from the Daily Wire. And I also appreciate it from like Louder with Crowder and stuff like that where he's sitting there saying, hey, I'm a comedian. I'm going to make fun of this fucked up bullshit that's going right. on. Right, exactly. Stuff. But again, this ain't news in this perspective. This piece is my opinion of Yeah, no, no one can pretend that they don't see louder with, that they don't see Steven Crowder sitting there on the street corner with his table that says, blah, blah, blah change my mind and they don't know what's going on nobody can tell me that they don't know what the fuck is going on when they sit down next to him to debate him bullshit you don't know what you're doing that's a that that's willful you got into that conversation willfully knowing what you were going up against right now when you when when people watch 24 hour cnn it's not the same it's not the same they have these talking heads and they have a panel of, you know, five, six, seven, eight people. And they've got what they would call Democrats and they would call, they've got what they would call conservatives. But, you know, well, let's face it, Chris Wallace was not a conservative. That's why he got fucking fired from Fox News. Well, and even Fox. It's all you play. Know, any of that is that high corporate media bullshit that they're going to spend the bullshit, just sell the shit. They want clicks. Mm-hmm. They won't watch. But yep. Nick, did you find out what you were looking for? Yes, I did. I I I hadn't caught up on a few stories here, so 
I was just reading Contra some I. really <laughs> some really interesting news here, and I'm going to actually uh, bring up a topic here to discuss because I guess it kind of goes a little bit with what we were talking about. Anyway, uh, 1440 Daily Digest. Okay. Um, and it's, it's not really a news source. They just... It's somebody who's scouring a whole bunch of news articles about a given topic, and they give you a brief rundown of the facts of uh, the topic. It's basically what it is. But this one that caught my eye right here was posted six hours ago. It says a British high court has declined Julian Assange's appeal to try to halt extradition to the United States. So uh, it sounds to me like they're going to get Julian Assange back here after all. I thought they, yeah, I thought that that was already going to be a thing. I didn't know. I mean, I should have known that he appealed, but. I mean, now that Biden's in there, I'm sure they're going to get him back here and they're going to want to run him up the flagpole. Oh, fuck yeah, they are. Um. Man, it would have been cool if Trump could have got him here and pardoned him. And, and, um, I would Joe Exotic. I would he rather, have out of any of those, I'd rather him do that to Snowden. Snowden, yeah, for above sure. Above and beyond sure. should have been the first one that he would have done. I'm, I'm, I'm then, gonna agree there. Then I can um, say Assange, but I mean Joe Exotic well, would be good for culture, I think. But Trump, um, Trump was asked about both of those cases, and he said essentially something to the effect of, uh, you know, uh, some things I, I I was gonna do, and other things I wasn't gonna do, and that I was not going to get involved in it. And I was going to let the, the, the justice system run its course. And it's like, what the fuck, dude, we were depending on you. Yeah. We were depending on you to, to go bloviate on Twitter. I don't fucking care, but take care of business like you and, did. And many other arenas. Yes. I voted for Trump, but you just said something right there. Uh, that, made me realize something and where we aired with Trump was we depended on him, but he is an American politician and you cannot depend on an American politician for anything other than campaign promises that will never be fulfilled. That's any politician, not even yes, just in America. I, I'm saying that that's what I'm saying. Any American politician, that's no, just I'm going any politician. You, you, you know what made him a really good politician? What made him a really good politician were those campaign promises that he did keep up on. And maybe not even campaign promises, just the policy. His policy was great. Almost almost all of it. Not all of it, but almost all of it. I mean, the I, I can't believe he wasn't reelected. Well, I, I mean, can't. I guess I can because of the the media attacks and and like the huge machine against them but like you can't tell me that if i i, I enjoy the videos where um uh what's his name Dersh, not dershowitz uh 
Horowitz, Ami Horowitz. Do you guys know Ami Horowitz? No, Don't follow. Uh, he he does these on the street interviews where he'll just pick up a random person and say, hey, I'm doing a YouTube video and this is what it's about. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to put up a policy by a, a politician and oh, you tell God. me if you think it's this person or this person. So he would do that and say, is that Obama or is that Trump? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, these people would, he, he would say like a really good policy that like any level-headed person with a couple brain cells would be like, fuck yeah, that's a great policy. Mm-hmm. He would ask them about that policy and they'd be like, oh no, that's gotta be Obama. That makes way too much sense. And he'd be like, actually, no, that's Trump. And here's Obama's policy on that. And they're like, what? No, you're a fucking liar. I, I enjoy that shit so much because Trump's policies for the most part were what's best and what the majority of the country wants. And I'm talking not just people on the right. I'm talking about people from middle right, not far right, because the far right fucking hated Trump, no matter what anybody says. Because mm-hmm. the far right doesn't like Jews. And Trump's got a lot of Jews in his family. Yes. But but so anybody from middle right to middle left, you can't argue with his policies. It, it was all the spin. The spin that was put on his policies is why people didn't like him. Other than, you know, him bloviating on Twitter. And that was fucking horrible, but. You know, I could get over that. I'd give anything for fucking two dollar and twenty nine cent a gallon gas right fucking now. And Putin sitting back in Moscow going, Well, fuck. Yeah. Exactly. Does it have to be Trump? Can it be somebody else? Oh, absolutely. It, it definitely can be. But who else was it? Who else did any of that? Well, we also the last time we didn't have anyone else to actually go up against that. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's the that's the downfall of the of, of the Trump is he's a wrecking ball. He'll anybody that goes up against him, and I'm worried this is going to happen in this next election cycle. Anybody that goes up against him in the primary, he's going to fucking destroy him because that's what he does. I'd love to see Tulsi Gabbard and Ron DeSantis on the same ticket. No way. And you know, you know, no, no, no. I'd like to see them both run together independent. No. But that uh, Trump would, if they ran as, if um, DeSantis runs as a Republican, which he would, Trump will destroy him, despite the fact that. Trump and DeSantis were on the pay on the same page a lot. If if it would be DeSantis running as a Republican, I'd want Jim Jordan to run as his VP. Well, I would I would because they be would, down for that. They would crush. Well, you and get two shit have done. just named four of the uh the the biggest no goes in Republican politics. Yeah. Those are also the liberals' biggest targets right now. Yep, I know. None of those four get anywhere near the White House. It's not going to happen. 
No. I definitely disagree with you on that. Not Trump's going to run. I almost guarantee Trump's, Trump's going to run. run, and he shouldn't because he doesn't stand a chance in either. Mm. The longer things go, I don't know about that. I mean, no. I I, I, I worry. I worry that I mean, I worry that Trump will run because of that fact. But I also look at the Democrats and say, who the fuck are they going to run? Who? Who are they going to run? Uh, you want to know who the Democrats are going to run? Shoot it down. Hillary. Hillary and Kamala. That ain't going to happen. <laughs> like, that, you you want to talk about a more unelectable set of candidates? You might as well run fucking Trump. They would have to get someone else than Kamala at this point because she is a laughing stock that just keeps running around and she literally laughs at every time she gets a any kind of question that she well, has her to approval think ratings are below 30 hey hey could, could could we honestly play her explanation of the war in ukraine could we could we broadcast that right now <laughs> oh my we god i love it we want to hear we're not going to hear it right and, now. And, I, and i don't want to hear her tell people where poland is can we hear that next uh, the next episode, yes, we can absolutely put some stuff on here. All right, let's let's add that on because I'm, we're we are broadcasting that shit live. And yeah. also, the next time, <laughs> the next episode, I want to do I want to do Ohio constitutional carry that Dewine signed. Hey, did he sign it? He signed it. He signed it. It's a law. Now, See, I knew I held out on my CCW for a reason. It doesn't give you reciprocity to travel hey, to another one, but to another state. Now. So. But yeah, so I just want to say that this has been a good show. I think it has been it's a good been show. A good one. We had a lot of good topics here tonight. Maybe we made some new fans. Maybe we lost some fans. Uh, I think we might have lost some on, on this episode. Well, probably come back later and you'll Trump be happy shit. about what we say. Maybe we can talk about the Democrats we like next time. The yeah. two of them. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys can find us on Spotify, YouTube, Rumble, Patreon. We have released our first behind-the-scenes talk on Patreon, and we expect to have many, many more ahead. Oh, yeah, those behind-the-scenes ones are really good. That's where it gets Yeah, you guys got to check that out. You guys got to check that out. Well, we're glad but, uh, you all tuned in to hear us tonight. And absolutely. we hope to tune in next week for a campfire with Keith, Nick, and Joe. Oh, how. Love y'all. Good night.